there, I'm Gianna from Family Fun Twin Cities, and this is the Let's Go Do Fun Stuff show. How many instruments do you think there are here? In the entire, in, in this building? Um, I would say there are probably 500, wow. maybe even a little more. I mean, this is probably it. This Most. is around 300 right here. 300. Yep, close to 300. Wow. So I, I think if you add all of our keyboard instruments and other things hanging on the wall, you're definitely up to 500 wow. and more. The Schubert Museum of Music is a treasure trove tucked away in the middle of the city of St. Paul. Omri, Kate Cooper, the museum director, and I explored the exhibits together. We had a really amazing time. Learn about what you can discover in my new favorite museum. This is part two of a two-part series. Make sure you go back and listen to part one, where we tour all over the museum. Subscribe to our show so you don't miss anything we have discovered. Um, how long have you worked here? Um, I have been here 12 years, um, and I used to work for the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra, which is kind of a partner of Schubert Club, so yeah. um, in a similar job, just not a museum. Yeah. Um, what is the history of this museum? So um, there was an artistic director that was part of Schubert Club for over 40 years. His name was Bruce Carlson. Um, and back in the 1970s, um, someone presented him with one um, keyboard instrument that was from the 1800s. And it had a really interesting story that went along with it. And he was kind of fascinated with that. And then um, he put that on display and suddenly a second instrument came and a third and um, it reached a point that it became a collection. So he decided to start the Schubert Club Music Museum. Um, and these instruments, which are not keyboard instruments, there was um, a, a collector in the Twin Cities named Bill Kugler and he would perform on cruise ships around the world and every time he went on a cruise, he would bring a gift back for Bruce Carlson. And so we started to collect all of these other interesting instruments. Oh. <clears throat> what is your role in this museum? Um, so I am both the education director and the museum director. So um, I'm in charge in the museum of creating exhibits um, that have educational content. Um, and I take care of the museum, so any um, new collecting that is done, maintenance, um, making sure everything works, having a good, a good group of museum guides to give tours. Um, but I also am the education director for our organization, so I do a lot of, plan a lot of school concerts, and um, we have a music competition here. So, um, so I have a lot of other things that aren't directly related to the museum. Yeah. Um, and then how many people come? a day like how busy do you get um we have i think this last year we had about eight thousand visitors over the year wow. um days kind of vary um on a sunday when there's a lot of things going on like right now the winter carnival is happening we may have two three hundred people come in one day um but i would say during the week when it's quieter we're happy if we see 20 to 30 people visit yeah can you tell us a little bit about how Schubert Club got its name. Why is it Schubert? Why isn't it Mozart? Any like ideas? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so first of all, Schubert Club just celebrated their 140th anniversary. Wow. So we were, we came as a musical organization <coughs> back in 1882. And um, it was 
started by a group of women in the Twin Cities. One of them was related to the governor, Alexander Ramsey, at the time. And um, they formed their own group. It was called the Ladies Musicale. And um, they formed a group that they could gather together and just really enjoy and appreciate classical music. Um, at the time, the Schubert song cycle was very popular. That was one of their favorites. And so that is why they changed it from the Ladies Musicale to the Schubert Club. <laughs> you pick your favorite. <laughs> okay, and then talk to me about Family Jam and Kids Jam. Tell me about those programs. Um, I am really excited about um, two really fabulous programs that we have at the Schubert Club called Family Jam and Kids Jam. Um, Kids Jam started back in uh, 2014, um, and it was just an idea I had one day when somebody called and said, um, I was reading your website, and it says you have a Play, Listen, Learn, and Create program. And I, I didn't know what she was talking <laughs> about, and I realized that I had put something on the website that come to our museum so you can play, listen, learn, and create with music. So I thought, well, why don't we make a program? So um, I created a program that we would bring diverse musicians from around the Twin Cities to do a program for families and kids. They would come in, they would play, kids listen, they would learn about their cultures, learn about the instruments, and then they create something before they go home, and most times it's an instrument. And so they're able to create the instrument and then play along with the musicians. Um, and that's how Kids Jam Started. Um, and it ended up that we uh, were pretty, we were presenting Kids Jam during the week. And so um, our audience obviously weren't kids that are in public schools. Um, we, so we, our audience became homeschool families. Mm -hmm. um, and in this last year, we thought we want to give an opportunity for other kids and families to attend. So we basically started Family Jam. Um, it's just a year old. Uh, it's a similar concept to Kids Jam, but it's for families. It's on a Saturday, and we incorporate more of an, a museum experience. So after they have their concert, they come down to this great museum, and they get to meet the actual musicians in the museum and maybe try their instruments, see them play it up close. And then they also make a musical instrument down here. Oh, that's so exciting. And that... The plan is to continue. Yes, yes. Family Jam ended up being very successful, and we want to keep going with that. And Kids Jam has a has a history already. Oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. um, Family Jam is it every two months or is it every month? Right it's, now, it's four times a year. Okay. Yeah, um, it doesn't always end up being exactly monthly. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's four Saturdays over the season. And you have to register because it's free, but you have to register because it'll fill up. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Absolutely. One of the primary instruments that Schubert Club has collected over the years are keyboard instruments, pianos, organs. Um, so we, of course, wanted to have another section in this side of the museum where you can actually sit down and play a keyboard instrument. And so my goal was to um, have everybody think about the fact that music is made on all of these by pushing a key, but the actual sound is produced in many, many different ways. It could be a hammer um, hitting the string. It could be air blowing through, in the case of an organ, a reed. Um, and, or there might be a metal bar, so it sounds more like bells. 
So as we go through this section, you, you get to see every single kind of instrument, every single kind of keyboard instrument, and then listen to it and try playing it and hear how the sound is different. Okay. So um, we start with the kind of what everybody's familiar with. And um, it's a really fun opportunity for someone to actually sit down and be able to play a Steinway piano. So as we come into here, we have a little bit of an explanation oh. of um, the different ways that sound is produced after you strike the key. So they all start with a key. Okay. Um, and so there you get to see kind of an up-close scientific explanation, mm -hmm. but then you can have a field day. Mm -hmm. You get everything from being able to sit down and play a reed organ, which my grandma had one of these. I think everybody usually yeah. has a grandma somewhere that had one. Do you see what she's doing with her feet? You can just like, you want to breathe for it. Breathe, instrument, breathe. <laughs> it's really hard to play because you start to play rhythmically like your foot is, and it's just, <laughs> uh. <laughs> But they're, they're pretty cool. And again, the sound is produced by air going through reeds mm -hmm. inside. Um, it's breathing. It's literally breathing. Same concept, though. And actually, this was made by a company called um, Esti. I always want to say Etsy. Yeah. Esti. And they produced child-size organs that had all of the working components that a full-size organ would have. About half the size yes. and shorter. Yeah. Okay. So, wow. Um, these would, these would sell back in the twenties, 1920s, thirties for about $25, but it worked like a real, yeah. so it's pretty cool. And in today's dollars is probably like hundreds or thousands, probably hundreds. Yeah, yeah. Hundreds. Yeah. 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 Here's an upright. There's an example of an upright. And we talk about how, you know, those were, those were kind of the thing after the grand piano mm -hmm. to put in schools and people's apartments they and made so a little more, more sense in yes. the house yes so everything inside the upright goes this way yep. instead of that way yep that makes so, sense yes this one is really cool you go ahead and push a couple of keys if you want and there's metal bars inside and when you're done i have an example mm. of where people will recognize the sound oh i i know the Celesta and it's actually um it is the whenever you go to the Nutcracker Suite that's what that is what they are playing that's so cool I always thought it was bells and that's probably what they use when they need exactly to. exactly and that's kind of the concept in there there's just a series of metal rods that are just like mm -hmm. a set of bells or a glockenspiel or okay yeah. that's so cool um, and then, of course, the whole progression of the um, musical instrument or the keyboard instruments is the harpsichord was the earliest one, and inside the harpsichord, um, the strings are plucked, and mm. so you How get they this there's little yes. Uh. If you can see those little 
plectra. They're little plastic. They're actually made oh, from like the, the white of a bird. Yeah. Okay. I want to do this without it jumping out, but you'll see. See how that? Oh, yep. It's plucking the string. Oh, neat. Right. Right. And this was actually really this. These you saw around the time of Beethoven, Mozart. Mm -hmm. um, they after the harpsichord came the forte piano, which was a way that a piano could change dynamics. You could play loud okay. and soft. This That's didn't forte. really. No, this is all one. Is this another pluck? This is or hammer. Everything that a, a piano does. Okay. So it hammers. But the difference is you have a, a completely um, wood frame. Everything inside is okay. all wood, so you don't get that sound like when metal started. To be. Okay. And usually the keyboards didn't have quite as many keys as a modern piano. Oh, okay. It, it feels different, though, doesn't it? It's compared to, yep, yep. So, um, and that's why they're, they're called piano fortes, because piano in Italian means soft. Forte means loud, and so that was put together saying this is an instrument, now you can play loud and soft. Okay, that makes sense. And then they just shortened it to piano when it became the more modern day version? Yes. Okay. I think they just didn't want to write a word as long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and this is another um, keyboard instrument that kind of fell a little bit after the harpsichord. Okay. It's called a clavichord, and you can barely hear it, right? Ooh, that's a bad key. And all that's happening is there's a little tangent in there and it just hits a string. So you're not getting, you know, the, first of all, the, the vibration that you would mm -hmm. get in a larger keyboard instrument. Plus you don't have a big soundboard. Um, they were used, this is a rumor, not so much fact, but um, when Mozart would travel, on his stagecoach, he could take a clavichord with him because he could, and he could practice. Or um, another one that I think is really cute is um, Bach had twenty-one children, I think, and he would take this up to his attic and play it at night so he wouldn't wake the kids oh, up. <laughs> so. that, that is cute. Our selfie. selfie spot. Everyone has to come in and get a <laughs> nice. <laughs> So this is an opportunity where um, visitors can actually sit down and take a few piano lessons. Um, oh. And each one of these stations has kind of a different format, a different level of okay. lessons. So this one um, was created by a local composer, Ann Rossi is her name, and it's a set of modules. Um, and you can go through them all, and each one is like a four or five minute lesson. Oh. So as you can see, you can spend quite a bit of time um, and what she does in hers, and we can't hear it right now, but, mm -hmm. um, is she teaches the pianist how to like tell a story on the keyboard without having to read notes. Oh, so the younger kids, well, mm -hmm. everybody has fun with this yeah. because I don't have to read notes to right, try right, and right. do this. Um, and I loved her gloves. Yes. <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> so anyway, eventually she will start doing things on the keyboard and you just follow along. So here she's making space sounds on okay. the flat keys and it sounds like you're traveling in space. And so lots of little stories to tell and okay. ways to make rhythm. And um, it's a lot of fun. So the other two stations, 
In this one, we have a true um, elementary school teacher who taught music in the piano lab. So this is very basic. You're going to learn to do a little bit of note reading and start yep. to put rhythms together. And then the one over here was led by a jazz musician, Mary Louise Knudsen, and she teaches you all of the jazz techniques. So it's a little more complicated, but also a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you to the Schubert Museum for showing us around and letting us learn about Family Jam and Kids Jam. Family Fun Twin Cities provides a weekend family fun guide that divides into regions of the metro. We also have a highly curated calendar of the family fun you can find on any specific day. We have all the links available in the show notes if you are listening to the podcast or in the description box if you are watching on YouTube. And now it's time to highlight our weekend top three. This weekend, we decided to do a choose-your-own-adventure at an indoor playground because I wanted to recommend one this weekend in particular, but there are just so many. I remember when there were just three or so, and now there are dozens, literal dozens. So take a look at our indoor playgrounds article and determine your top three choices and check one of them out and then on another weekend you could check another one out while this winter hasn't felt extremely wintry it's not exactly summer out there either so this weekend may be a super fun time to jump into a pool there are indoor pools and water parks all over the twin cities and just for a heads up on sundays from noon until five there's free open swim for all ages at Great River Water Park. March is Black History Month. And on Friday, February 23rd, you can attend the Black History Month Showcase. It's happening from 5.30 to 7.30 in Brooklyn Park's Community Activity Center. For $5, dine on soul food and food for the soul, a.k.a. music. There will be a vendor fair featuring black-owned businesses, music, and energy. Lots of energy. And now, it's your turn to go do fun stuff. 